Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spiritual Journey podcast, episode 59. Super, super excited about this one. It's actually the second one that um recording live while being physically with Stacey in a condo. So, yeah, it's a different energy, it's a different vibration. And we have a guest on this one. So looking, looking forward to the topic and the guest. We have Rosie, a great friend that, again, we've met on Clubhouse and really lucky to have her on this podcast. So looking forward to But as always, I'm going to ask my co-host to introduce herself, the amazing, the beautiful, the healer extraordinaire, and now published author, Stacey Brown. Stacey, over to you. This episode is going to be super interesting, I can tell. Hello, friends. Um, so excited to be with you. Um, I'm Stacy. I am an intuitive healer and a certified Reiki practitioner. I'm a spiritual mentor and coach, an Akashic record reader, a podcast host and creator, and yes, a now published author. Nice. And to introduce our guest, Rosie. Rosie is somebody that we met on Clubhouse and um, yeah, we actually we met in person in the UK. And Rosie, do you want to introduce yourself? I would love to introduce myself. I feel like me and Stacey are going to be very giggly through this episode. <laughs> Just they're, they're both already I'm... giggling. <laughs> yeah, literally, I was looking at Stacey. I feel like I go to being like a school kid and I feel like I'm being naughty because we're giggling in the corner. Um, but hi, thank you for having me. I'm Rosie. Um, I'm a self-love and happiness coach. I'm also a podcaster and currently writing a book. So hopefully I'll soon be able to add author to my title like Stacey. Um, I'm a mum of two. I have a little boy and a little girl. Um, and I am, well, I'm trying to think of something interesting to say about myself. Hmm, a total nerd. That's how I would identify. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, love it. And and also a fellow Brit. So um hi everybody. I'm Nims Nimesh. I'm also a spiritual coach and mentor, an Akashic record reader, Akashic trainer, as well as a podcast creator and host. Super, super excited about this episode. And I'm gonna actually let Stacy introduce this episode. <laughs> on the top of you. Stacey, over to you. Yeah, friends. So we have a huge disclaimer for this episode, and we're just gonna start it off that way because in this episode, we are going to be talking about um, if it's not a fuck yeah, it's a hell no. And this topic came about for the three of us collectively, um, would you say about a year ago? Sure. About a year ago, um, I traveled to the UK and was super excited to meet all of these loving people that I met. was on your first trip. Yeah. Your first trip before. First trip to the UK. Before the craziness of the change that happened afterwards. Yeah. And talk about the blessing of social media. I mean, I um, had been introduced to Clubhouse a couple short months before and um, met some amazing people, Namesh and Rosie. And we decided to meet up for dinner, which was incredible. That night, the pictures, I have them. That was such a magical night. We went to a really beautiful restaurant and um, enjoyed dinner, but we had a conversation and Rosie, you were the one who, who started this conversation and um, you just had this mentality that if something wasn't a fuck yeah, it was a hell no. And it was like a mic drop that night in the conversation. And it's been something that for the last year, I have carried that with me and I have shared it with people 
And I've said, you know, yes, my friend, my she says, <laughs> if it's not a fuck yeah, it's a hell no. And I've asked myself through a lot of the decisions that I've had to make in the last year, I've asked myself that question to see, to check in with myself. Is this decision something that I really want to do? Or is it something that doesn't resonate with me? And so I'm really excited about jumping into this conversation with you. And Rosie, my first question to you is, when did that mentality start with you? What what was the, the thing that happened that made you go, I'm doing things differently now? So I think um, it was one of those things that I, I talk about this all the time where it's like, you'll have conversations or you'll listen to a podcast or you'll read a book or you'll just have a conversation with a friend and you'll get like a golden nugget that sticks with you forever. So just like we had that conversation and this stuck with you, this was one of those things where I heard this. I think it might have even been something as silly as I, I watched it on like a TikTok video of this girl and she said, it's not a fuck yes, it's a no. And she was looking at things in very much like a dating sense um, or relationships and stuff like that. And I, it was just, it hit me. Like I, I heard it and I thought, well, how many things in my life are yeah, it's okay. Or I don't mind. Cause I thought, how often do I say I don't mind? Like I say that all the time. I think it's the people pleaser in me and in a lot of people as well wants to go, it's okay. You choose or, or and you kind of relinquish that control. And, and we have a lot of apathy over things when actually the truth is I do know what I want and I do know what I care about. I'm just too frightened to admit that I want a fuck yes life. And I settle for this mediocre one. So it's kind of one of those things that I heard and it probably took me quite a long time like I think most things do to to actually put it into action in my life I was like oh yeah this makes sense but you kind of think sometimes oh but it, I can't apply that to me or I'm not bold enough to do that and then I made a lot of decisions you know where I was like no I'm not doing this anymore and it made it very simple and I I now use it to you will laugh at this the most basic levels whereas do I want chicken casserole for tea? If it's not fuck yes, it's a no. I'm having something like I have literally and why not? down. Yeah, to, to, like today, for example, before we were talking about this, um, you both said, oh, you look nice. And I had to show you my boots. And you're like, where are you going? And I was like, nowhere. Because I looked in my wardrobe and I went, is it a fuck yes? This is a fuck yes outfit for me. This is me saying, it doesn't matter that I'm staying at home and I'm recording a podcast and I'm working, doing whatever. I want to feel like I'm living a fuck yes life and I'm not settling for a mediocre. You said, these are my bad bitch boots. That's what yeah, I want to feel today. That's really cool. I love it. It's that mindset. And I think it's not even necessarily about all the decisions that you make. It's that decision and commitment you're making to yourself to say, I'm not settling in any sense anymore because I'm not mediocre. So I'm not having a mediocre life. It's kind of like, I think obviously because I have a self-love background in what I do, there's the element of it that is, it makes decisions much easier in life because there's no middle ground. It's just, mm. if it's not fuck yes, it's the end of. And like I said, I do use it in even stupid circumstances, like what I'm eating and what I'm wearing. But I also use it for big ones. Is this relationship a fuck yes? If it's not, no. Is you know, I I stayed in a marriage for a long time that was lovely, but it wasn't a fuck yes. And I think there's a lot of people that do that. And we we have a lot of life where we go, well, it's not good, but it's not bad. And that I think is a dangerous place to be in. That's that mediocre, I'm settling energy. So I think it's 
practical and that's why I love it but the other element it is this self-life self-love side where I'm going I love myself enough to know that I'm a fuck yes whether it's if someone wants to be with me I'm a fuck yes option whether it's the job that I have that's a fuck yes job because of it you know I've decided that and it's my choice and I feel that way about myself and that so I think from that self-love kind of perspective, it's really important to me that every day within every decision that I make, I'm saying I'm creating a life that is worthy of me because I'm good enough and I love myself. So I want that fuck yes life and I'm not settling. I love that. And if you if I look at both of you since that conversation, your lives have changed so much and you've applied that on a day, day-to-day basis. And it's that you know, Stacey, when you when you when we that that first trip, it actually was in November of uh, not last year, the year before. We did so much. Um, I mean, that we met in Bath in 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 a restaurant in Bath, which was Bath is lovely. We went to um, where else did we go there? We went to um, it's like so many different places we visited during that trip, and lots of it was magical. You know, Glastonbury and all that. But actually, that one night in that restaurant, that one conversation. We talk about probably the most that whole you know and it's and you guys are Stacey, you've changed your life and you've chosen to to shine your light and do exactly what you want to do so it's you know maybe it's a great time to ask our listeners what are you are you settling what in your life could you apply this premise to you know what what what, what are you in a relationship that's not fuck yes and then well what would it mean to you to for then it to be a hell no it's just if we could apply this premise on a day-to-day basis what would it mean to us Stace, what has it meant to you? Well, it's interesting because um, I don't, I don't, I'm going to tell Rosie this like live right now, but I, I don't think, I don't think Rosie knows how much, not just that conversation, but the part of the journey that you were a part of in my life. I don't think you realize what an impact that had on me because we, we met through a mutual contact and we embarked on a journey that I was, I was in the thick of, you know, my, my son attempted to take his own life. And when I joined clubhouse, I was very much like a mom in pain, a mom of an addict in pain. And though I had taken the self-love journey before, and I, and I knew how important it was, we made the decision to collaborate and, and, and do a program with women on self-love. And for me, the cherry on top of knowing you was the conversation about, is it a fuck yeah? If it's not, it's a hell no. But it was, it was the entire like time that we spent together that first made me aware of how important it was for me to, to dive deep again into the self-love journey, right? We did that together. We embarked on that journey. And it was powerful. We brought a group of women together from all different walks of life. And we walked with them through this journey of loving themselves. And then, you know, after we we had that experience, then we had this conversation. And so for me, whenever I think about you, I think about the impact that you've had on my life in, in that, that journey of self-love and self-acceptance. And I have to say that I... I didn't realize that for such a long time, I was operating from a space of like shame and guilt. I didn't realize that was a theme in my life. 
And I had had mentors who had come into my life and I had walked that journey, but there's something really powerful about um, taking the tools that you've learned and imparting that wisdom into other people. And that's what we got to do together. So when we sat and had this magical conversation, we were already deep into our self-love journey. And I would say for me, what it has meant is um, like next leveling the self-love. Like we, we took the journey with these women, we imparted the wisdom into them, we gave them action steps. But this one question, is it a fuck yeah, or is it a hell no, is like the peak question to ask yourself when it comes to anything about caring for yourself and how your life is working. And I look at my life right now, Rosie, and even though I haven't had you in my life on a daily basis in these last several months, it's like you've been here with me through it anyway, because I hold that conversation as one of the most pivotal in this part of my journey. You know, I went from being married and living in a, a beautiful home in the country to walking away from a marriage, selling my home, moving in with a friend. And the whole time I'm thinking to myself, is it a fuck yeah? <laughs> is it a fuck yeah? Would Ro is this a, is Rosie, is this a fuck yeah? Like I would, I would think that so often. And um, you're one of those people I could go months or years without speaking to, and you would still hold that place for me. And so I just... I wanted to convey like live on the podcast, like what an impact that had. And it just goes to show the power that we have as human beings to, to influence and to impact one another. And I believe that I would not be doing the work that I'm doing right now if it weren't for that question. I really, I really feel that way because like I could have stayed a hairdresser. Like I could have stayed a hairdresser I could have done what was familiar and predictable and what people expected of me, but it wasn't a fuck. Yeah. And so it's had me embark on this journey where Namesh and I have built a program and <clears throat> we're really shining our light in a way I never expected. And it's like that one question for me has been the one that, that keeps me going, you know, like even with little things, like you're talking about like what you eat or what, you know, but the big things too, you know, when we're both like out in the dating world now, right? Like that's, that's interesting. That question applies to all areas. A hundred percent. I think um, there's so much to say. Firstly, I feel exactly the same. Like you, for me, were, we met at a very pivotal point, I think, in both of our lives. And like you say, I think there's something to be said <coughs> about, we put to help other women but in that process I think we learned quite a lot in because it's the thing with your self-worth and, and your relationship with yourself it's never going to stop growing and that was kind of like an intense period where I think we were teaching other people and one of the best ways I think to learn yourself is to try and then teach that to someone else you know they say like if you're trying to revise for an exam read about it and then try and explain it to somebody else and that's the best way to kind of solidify that for you so I think when you are teaching and you both probably find this in your program now it's you know as you're talking sometimes you have revelations when you're talking and each time you explain something you explain something slightly differently and you something clicks you know a little bit further into place for you and I think we've kind of always represented that in that 
relationship in terms of our coaching other people but also our relationship with each other and I think the conversations we've had it's almost like we're the fuck yes advocate for each other and it's like I I can look at it from that outside perspective and because we both have that same you know is it a fuck yes or is it a no as friends I think it's been able to also make us really powerful in terms of how we can communicate with each other and when we have those difficult conversations which we've had plenty of Mm -hmm. to have that best interest at heart which we all have our friends best interest at heart but it's it's, like you say it's that up level to go but but is that a fuck yes for you and are you really being honest with yourself and how do you actually feel and and to have the difficult conversations that I think come with living your life that way and choosing to live a fuck yes not a no life is not the easier option the easier option is to settle a hundred percent in the short term that is the easier option that's why everybody does it like literally I think probably 90% of people in some area of their lives are settling for something I was that person you were that person even when it comes to self-worth we settle for believing that it's everyone's normal we all none of us feel good enough so it Mm -hmm. means I'm just always gonna it's okay just because something's normal doesn't mean it's right Mm -hmm. so you know you have to be bold enough to say I'm I'm deciding from here on out it's a it has to be a fuck yes and I think we've always been that like able to be that fuck yes support for one another and um I agree I think you're right as well when it comes to dating I think it's a really important one so I've been with my partner now um for hmm, nearly a year and a half not far off and when I got back into dating I can't tell you how many things I previously would have accepted and instead I was like it's not a fuck yes it's a no straight away end of I'm not wasting anybody's time especially my own and I think I'm not prepared to put up with anything that's that's not ideal and this is the thing I think we also think that it's not possible to have everything as a fuck yes. That's not to say there are no ups and downs and there are definitely things in life that are horrible, don't work out. You know, we we literally, again, had this conversation before we started the podcast. There's shit always happening. Like that's what life is about. And, you know, I listened to something the other day and it said, we look for a constant all the time. But if you're looking for a constant when it came to your heart rate, you'd be dead. You need the ups and the downs. You would flatline. So we need to stop looking for this meet this middle. We're always looking for the middle, and that's why people sit there to go. Well, it's not good, but it's not bad, and it's it's consistent and it's constant. And we need to be able to look for that that fuck yes. And I think dating is a great example of that. But also, once you're in a relationship, you have to be bold enough to say, you know, I'm in this, but it doesn't ever mean there's never a point where it means I can't leave or I can't express how I'm feeling or I can't say this isn't a fuck yes for me anymore can I change this can I fix it if not I need to be bold enough to move away from that and to to say this isn't a no and I'm not sitting in that middle ground because it's very easy to slip into um but I think it's one of those rules you can literally use it with everything and and we have to realize that things can be good things can be exactly what what you want them to be you know it's not from a toxic point of view for example fairy tales we look at fairy tales and think relationships don't ever have you know debates or discussions or compromise and all those things that we think we need to be saved by somebody they're extremely toxic from a self-worth perspective in the sense of I've got to look for my prince charming or my other half bullshit absolute toxic bullshit but what we need to realize that if you have a list of things that you want in a partner that are genuinely important to you not superficial not he needs to be six foot two with this, that, and the other, like all that rubbish. But on a values perspective, on a core level, who is this person? It is possible for you to have that. 
And we kind of think we, I don't know if you've read, um, have you read The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks? Mm-hmm. Amazing book. You definitely recommend reading it. Um, and he talks about how we have an, a happiness, like upper limit that we put ourselves, we put on ourselves. So when we start to get happier than we're used to feeling, it feels uncomfortable. So we sabotage in some way to bring us back down to a, a comfortable level of happy. But in this book as well, he also took some, talks about needing to understand that things can be good. Life can be great. You can have all the things that you want. It's not about being unrealistic. If you'd say to me, I want to be a unicorn, physically you can't turn into a unicorn and we can't say, yes, you can do, go and do that. But if you want the job that has this that the other checklist if you want the relationship with a man or a woman who has this that and the other values and belief systems and and outlook for life if you want to have you know a career a lifestyle whatever it might be you have to start believing that it's possible it's possible for good things to happen for them to continuously happen doesn't mean there's not going to be peaks and troughs we need that to balance things out to learn things about ourselves again we were talking before about growth and how we have to go through all these shitty periods to really learn things but it is it always comes back to having that little bit of faith which I know is important to both of you in that's you know the spiritual side of what you do having a little bit of faith that it is possible for things to be good and being bold enough to say that I'm going to create and accept a life that is a fuck yes life love that love that and I guess we also need to be open to things changing, right? If something's a, a fuck yes now, a relationship, a job, or things change. And how often do we just stay because something was a fuck yes? I, I mean, I love my corporate job, and you know, but it's not resonate with me anymore because of the spiritual side does. So, you know, Stacey, you loved hair at one point, right? It was a, it was a fuck yes for you, right? And but things change, and you know, it's that it's being open to just because something was amazing before the things i mean think about how we felt before lockdown the things that excited us then the things that we did on a day-to-day basis for most of us doesn't resonate anymore things are different things we're we're, we're set a higher standard and being open to change and asking us that asking yourself that question more and more is is just it, it's the only thing we can do right and being just being open to let things go that used to mean so much to us hundred percent. I agree. And I think it doesn't take away the value of what was there before. Like I hate the phrase failed marriage. There's nothing failed about my marriage because it didn't last forever. You know, oh. there were points at that where I, that was what I wanted. And that was my fuck yes. And then it wasn't. And I couldn't fix that. And that's the end of it. It doesn't mean, it doesn't take away anything. Like you say, you can have, you know, you're going to be 50 versions of yourself over your lifestyle, over, over your lifetime. You're going to make changes. You're going to have experiences where you learn different things. What you wanted when you were 21 is not going to be what you want when you're 50, when you're 70. And you need like, to be okay with letting important. it go, yeah. It doesn't mean that it didn't matter. It didn't mean doesn't mean that it wasn't important, that it wasn't valuable. Everything, that classic cliche phrase, everything happens for a reason. And you do learn from all of it. It's all necessary, even the horrible stuff. But I think you're right in saying that kind of fear of change is also something that holds us back. And it has to be, look, it's okay for me to change my mind. It's okay for me to change what I want because I've changed. It doesn't take away from any of what I had before. It doesn't mean that I was wrong even. You know, that's I did the best I could with what I had at the time. 
Yeah, and, and being kind to yourself. And being kind to yourself. I just love the synchronicity. So last, our last episode was embracing change. So you've got to embrace change. And then now we're talking about, you know, kind of how do you make the decisions? And, you know, this this topic of is it a fuck yes and is hell no? It's just because we are a soul having human experience if you, go on, if you look at it from a spiritual side. So we need to have that human experience, which means we are going to have ups and downs. We learn more from that human experience. And a lot of times... We, we learn a lot more from our downs than we do our ups. Maybe that's all paradigm. Maybe we can change that. But we have to have that human experience. So as you say, it's not about everything always being rosy, but it's about choosing to be the best version of yourself and to have many more ups than downs. Still means you're going to have downs. I mean, to quote Drake from one of his songs, you know, everybody dies, but does everybody live, right? And it's that. And for me, this this question is really about living living to your max because yeah everybody goes through life everybody dies at some point physically humanly but are you living and you know embracing the change and true truly kind of deciding what's best for you this question and anything if you just maybe a recommendation for our listeners to print it out somewhere and have it somewhere so visible so that you could any decision you're making you start to make it part of your dna and it has to, you have to be okay with upsetting people because you're not here to please everybody. You can't please everybody. Sometimes putting yourself first is going to upset people. It just is what it is. Sometimes when you raise your vibration, people around you are not going to recognize you anymore and maybe they naturally fall away. And we need to be okay with that because you know, we were talking about it before this. It's like if we're working on ourselves and making the best version of ourselves and if the people around us are not doing the same, then they're going to notice a difference in us and they're going to either want want us want to bring us bring us down to where they are or they're going to start pushing away and you know it's because we all have to work on ourselves right we all have to and if the people around you are not willing to do the same then there is going to be a disconnect and part of this also needs to be about our relationships and maybe the relationships they've had for years sometimes become a hell no but what do we do with that? I think that I, like the, the question I have right now for both of you is how do you handle or manage when you're in a situation, we could talk relationship, work, whatever, you're in a situation and you recognize, you know what, this is no longer a fuck yeah. And you make a choice to pivot in your life. How do you manage those people that don't understand that or that feel hurt by the decision that you make. So I think that's, this is a good point. And, and the thing is as well, we're sitting and talking about this on a podcast on the really, you know, like basics, the wrong word, but a raw core idea level. And I, you know, I, like I said to you, these are my bad bitch boots. I'm going to talk about this with ferocity and excitement and with energy because that's what we're here to talk about. It doesn't mean that it's the easiest thing to necessarily implement straight away. Like I said, for a start, it took me a long time to get my head around it and for me to actually start actioning it in my life. And that is the hardest, hardest thing. Like it's the, it's the best long-term decision you can make, but it's the hardest short-term one you can do. And that takes a lot of courage to start doing that. So I think before it even looks at managing the people that are kind of the side effect of some of these decisions, you have to take it back to the level of working on yourself first, because 
in order to be bold, you have to be sure of yourself. And I don't mean sure in a, in a cocksure kind of way, but I mean as in like, I know who I am. So the decisions that I make based on what is important to me and who I am at a core level, if somebody has a problem with this, it's not going to sway me from that decision. My self-doubt is weaker than my self-belief. And like that takes working on who you are, like Nim said, doing the work, which a lot of people aren't prepared to do. So I think the very first place to start is before you even maybe even think about actioning this. Sure, maybe you can action it in the simple senses like we talked about dinner or what you want to wear. But although to some people, what you want to wear is a massive action step and something that is hugely, you know, influenced by what other people think. But start using it in ways that you can, but start primarily working on who you are and how you feel about yourself so that you can go at it with a, a bold sense of who you are, which is going to be important. I think realistically, you also have to do some work on not caring what people think. And this isn't a, about saying, hey, fuck everyone else, because it's not a like not like that at all, you know. A big part of who we are as individuals is we have to be right and and in terms of loving ourselves and showing up for ourselves. We also have to be functioning members of society, you know, about all of the things that we do is about giving to other people. You know, we are about service, about cooperation, about love, about friendship, all of those things. This isn't about saying, fuck you, here I am, this is me, you know, that's the way it is. There has to be a level of self-awareness to this too. Like, I'm not saying to you, make fuck yes decisions that throw everybody else under the bus, Don't, doesn't matter. It's not about that at all. It's about saying, I love myself enough to really consider what I want to do with this thoughtfully, mindfully, spiritually, in a way that is, I'm going to consider other people, but I'm not going to neglect myself. I think that's the difference. It's not about saying fuck you to everyone else and, and the society and the world. It's about not neglecting yourself in that equation and in those decisions. But I think when it comes to actually dealing with people that might not like your decisions, realistically, you look at a no, a no in some situations won't be cutting somebody out. This isn't necessarily the way it's going to be. There are people in your life that are always going to be there. Again, we had this conversation before. It's not necessarily going to be as simple as I have nothing to do with that person. What it is, is finding a way for you to energetically, emotionally, physically deal with those situations and manage your expectations of those situations and exert as much as control as you can. You know, if I get cancer tomorrow, I can't say, well, it's not a fuck yes, so it's a no. That's not how it works. And that attitude isn't really going to get me very far. But I can manage my expectations of that situation and go, how can I deal with this in the most fuck yes possible way that I can? What can I do to manage this in the very best way possible for myself whilst also dealing with the practical elements of that? So I think there are going to be people that you are going to upset and you are going to willingly you know, let them fall away away whether that's friendships uh, whether that's relationships you know doing it in a mindful way expressing your needs you know eloquently mindfully really thinking about what you're saying if it is a relationship or friendship or you know um, family relationships jobs you know there's always a, a way of doing it and, and doing that in the best possible way that you can. But also sometimes your fuck yes in a situation is just going to be managing that as well as you can. If there are things that are unavoidable, you're going to do what's best for you 
yourself in that situation whilst managing those practical elements of this. So I think it's not always going to be as easy or as necessary as cutting somebody out or having nothing to do with anybody. It's going to be about reassessing the situation and saying, what can I do and what can't I do? Here's what I can do. And I'm going to do all the things that I can, all the fuck yes things I can to exert the control that I do have and make me feel better about the situation. But the biggest fuck yes I can do for the things I can't control is to let them go. Because the the real no in the situation or the mediocre, the settling is being in a situation and doing nothing about it, even the things that you can control, but also being in a situation that you can't control and worrying about it. That is the biggest settling you can ever do because you're you're stuck between a rock and a hard place you can't change something but you're going to spend your life worrying or fretting about it so I think actually sometimes the most powerful thing you can do when you're having to deal with situations and decisions that involve other people is going to be letting go of what you can't control and, and giving yourself that inner peace kind of side of things handling with the practical stuff that you can um, you know, and there will be some upset from other people, but you kind of have to do the work to not care what other people think and be prepared and, you know, strong enough in that your sense of self to know that the decision you are making is the right decision for you and handling it sensitively. But the things where you can't change the situation, the people you do have to have contact with, the relationships to an extent you do have to be in, you know, we're talking about not romantic relationships, but other ones, maybe family, things like that. It's about letting go as much as you can, dealing with what you can and dealing and letting go of what you can't. Love, love that answer. And it's just, um, I get, you know, sometimes when we talk, we make it sound really easy, right? You know, just apply this concept to your life and everything becomes, and you, we have to do the work. I mean, Rosie, if I summarize what you're saying, it's that it starts with a strong self-care routine, right? A self-care routine, which is, putting yourself first. And we talk about, it comes up just about every single podcast, you know, doing, having a self-care routine, which involves some kind of movement, journaling, kind of um, meditation, sitting in silence and doing things that lift your soul. That has to be the basis of everything. And then, you know, just becoming aware, asking yourself these questions as to the things in your life, um, which of them are a fuck yes, which of them are a hell no. And that, that gets you into a place of awareness. You become aware of who you are, how you're reacting. And then, as you say, some of it is just acceptance. You know, we can't, as far as I know, none of us have a time machine, so we can't go back and change things we've already done. So we have to accept certain things that we've already done, accept certain things that, you know, certain people maybe are going to be in our life, but then we get to set boundaries. Mm-hmm. We get to decide. And and that's where it comes into is, is, is as Rosie says, it's like, accepting the things that you cannot change but choosing in the areas that you can change and it is difficult right when you know i mean states we've had lots of friends leave our life over the past year or whatever that looks like it's because we weren't resonating anymore but you hold on to things for a while right because you you, you look at them with rose tinted glasses you remember the good times oh my god you know and you, you really want the person you love to to work on themselves and to to kind of be part of your life but at the end of the day there comes a point where you have to accept they're not going to do it because the only person we really can manage is ourselves. And like I said earlier, we, we're, we're, we're a soul having human experience. And sometimes we need to make some tough decisions to really put ourselves first. And again, it's not always, always easy, but if you, if you do the self-care routine and you make time for yourself, I really feel that gives you a basis to look at things in a much clearer perspective 
And from there, you get to make a choice. You then get to accept who you are. You then become aware of the things that you're doing on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, sometimes you still do things that are maybe not, they're not in your highest, but from that awareness, you get to start to make a choice. And those choices slowly, slowly allow you to become the highest version of yourself and apply this concept. And it's not perfect, right? Sometimes you're in awareness, you know it should be a hell no, but maybe you still do it for a little while because you're hoping things are going to change. And if you do that, that's your choice. But then you need to you need to be okay with dealing with the consequences. You can't then look back and say, well, I should have changed it six months ago. No, you then get to choose six months later and say, okay, you know what? I gave this a go. I tried. And you, with your hand on heart, you can say, you know what? This isn't working for me. I need to do what's in my best. And that self-care routine really helps you understand what is in your best. And the other thing, when you start having the self-care routine and we start focusing on you, the people that maybe are not right for you may just naturally fall away. And we, again, need to be okay with that. Don't hold on to things that, and again, it's not, none of this and everything we're saying is meant to sound easy because when you're working on yourself and you're trying to be the highest version of yourself, it does require the work of having that self-care routine, being honest with yourself. And for me, that's where it starts, looking in the mirror, having an honest conversation with yourself and looking at the different areas of your life and saying, okay, what what are the areas in my life that are a hell no? And then don't, don't, I would advise you not to blow up your life in one overnight. Start picking one or two things where you start, you're going to start to apply the fuck yes and start changing your life. And the, what the universe does is what you focus on expands. So if you're focusing on these are the things that are a fuck yes, then the universe will help and support you to bring you more things that are a fuck yes. And slowly but surely things start to change. Stacey, you asked us a question. Let's yeah. go to you. What does it mean for you? Well, I, it's so interesting because this conversation is happening at a season where everything has changed for me. You know, I was in a marriage that was very distant and unloving for the last four years. Um, and with somebody that I, I really thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with. And, um, you know, I was in the UK with you, Nims, working on the book and had this kind of moment where I was reliving a part of the past and the marriage and the fairy tale. And I tried to call my husband and he was unavailable. And when I finally got him on the phone, like 24 hours later, the words that came out of my mouth were, if I stay in this relationship, it's going to kill me. And I don't remember even having the conscious thought before the words came out. But when the words came out, I realized it, it was a hell no. Like I was dying in this relationship and, um, I've had, I've had a lot of people fall away in this season, you know, um, just to give you an example, when everything happened with my son three and a half years ago, our community rallied around us. I mean, we had meals coming to the house. We had people cutting our grass. We had deliveries all the time. I mean, there was not a need that wasn't being met and everybody in the community knew what was going on with our family. And then as time went on, those people fell away. And I kept thinking to myself, like, these are people that I've dedicated, like, 
nights and weekends to doing their hair and taking care of them before they have a wedding or a vacation or a new baby. And I was kind of left at this place where all of the connections that I had made and all of the work that I had put in, I went from feeling the love of everybody to then just feeling super isolated. And it made me get really introspective. Like, what do I want for my life? Like I've been giving and giving and giving, but am I giving to the right people? And am I giving in the right way? And the more that I was healing and acknowledging the parts of me that I needed to shift, it was like the more that I was seeing it reflected in all areas of my life, right? Like I, I saw it with my career in, in hair. I saw it with my family and my personal life. I, I saw like my life was ravaged. I was living, trying to control my son's addiction and his mental health. I was trying to control my family's response to it. And it wasn't until I was at like rock bottom that I recognized that the only thing I had control of in all of the scenarios was me and incorporating this mindset of, is this a fuck? Yeah. Made my whole life shift, not just my, my personal relationships, but my career, my home life, my like everything. And for me, I, I find it challenging at times. Um, I don't believe that making a decision, like asking yourself this question is a selfish thing. I do believe that it is meant to bring you into a higher state of awareness. But there are moments in this season where I reflect on some of the loss and it hurts. You know, the people that 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 no longer align with me, the people that I've had to let go, the relationships I've had to surrender. It's it's bittersweet because I know that I'm where I need to be. And I know that I'm doing what I need to do for me and I'm being true to myself and that makes it all worth it. But I'm also very aware of what I've had to give up to get here. Does that make sense? Sure, it makes a lot of sense. Makes total sense. And I think based on what you're saying as well, I think it's important to say like, when you lose something, even if you didn't want it or you've outgrown it or in some way it treated you badly, you also lose the expectation of what you thought it could have been or what you'd planned it to be. Oh. And I think that that grief is important. You know, when I when I got divorced, I didn't ever feel like I'd lost my husband. You know, we that side of things I was okay with. You know, we were friends, that was it. We we you know we're great friends now. And that was never supposed to be. But I lost the family I'd envisioned for my son. I lost the house that I loved. I lost the place that I lived. I lost the life I'd imagined for myself. And I think it's the same on you know that grand scale of it in something so life-changing as you know a divorce, the same as what you've been through. But it's also a friend. And it's, you know, we all have relationships, especially when you create a deep connection with somebody. And if you were the kind of people, you know, I think all of us are quite similar in that way. We're very empathic. And when you bond with somebody, you fucking bond with somebody. Like it's it's a powerful friendship and a love, you know. And I think you lose your expectation of it and you grieve that as well. And I think that can be really confusing when you're like, well, I'm up leveling and I should be happy that all these things are happening. So mm -hmm. why do I feel sad? Or 
well, this person really hurt me. Why do I still feel sad about the fact that they're not there anymore? It's because you lose your idea of what it was going to be like. Mm -hmm. And we know that expectation plays such a big role in everything we do and everything we think. I think it's totally normal to feel that. And I think it's very, it's something we don't draw enough attention to that, you know, especially in the example of like divorce, it's not necessarily about losing your relationship is losing the idea of what you thought your life was going to be. And I think a lot of people struggle with that, but then feel the guilt that they shouldn't struggle with that when the truth is everybody has that secondary kind of loss that comes with it. We just don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so true. We're grieving, we're mourning, right? We're just, we're not just mourning, as you say, we're not just mourning the relationship. We're mourning that version of ourselves that we thought we were going to be. And it's just, exactly. sometimes we, 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 we think we, we don't realize actually that we're mourning ourselves and we have to go through the process. It's not, you know, sometimes we, we beat ourselves up and, Oh my God, why, why am I feeling as you say, but no, we have to feel what we meant to feel. Right. And accept who it just, um, yes, it's beautifully put. It's just, um, it is a journey, right? It is a journey being the highest version of yourself requires some tough decisions and also realizing that we have soul contracts. So, you know, if you were married and you got married, you, you made the, the decision that was in your highest at the time. You had some learnings through that relationship. You expanded, you changed, you changed as a person. You became the person you are today that can then make the decisions in your highest to become the next highest version of yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you had, you had, you went through some experiences that, that were both loving and maybe painful, but they were your life lessons and no one can ever take them away from you. And that's the beauty of it, right? It's that you've expanded, you've become the person you are today because of your experiences. And, you know, from there, you can then choose who you want to become. And just, it's super powerful coming from a place of acceptance because most of us are aware that we're doing stupid things, but actually accepting who we are and then making the choices in our highest is is the best thing we can do because how often do we focus on the past and say why did I do that or how much do we how often do we focus on the future and say I will be happy when I'll be happy when I'm get with this person I'll be happy when I'm married I'll be happy when I get this home why are we waiting to be happy what's what are we waiting for right what what do we why can't we just appreciate this moment really focus on this moment be grateful in this moment because if you can be grateful in this moment yesterday just becomes a memory tomorrow will take care of itself it's that and we struggle with it because of our expectations, as you say, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'll be happy when, and I should be, or I should do, or I should have. They're the, some of the worst phrases you can mm-hmm. say to yourself. And I think it's, you know, it's interesting what you say about, it's, you know, we kind of have to grieve that version of ourselves. And I think that's very true. And also you'll have, you know, when you make a fuck yes decision, sometimes you'll then look back at the version of you that wasn't able to make that fuck yes decision and you'll feel sorry for her or you'll feel sorry for him and there'll be an associated sadness with that as well like I think also that's part of it and the thing is though I actually think this rule can save you from a lot of sadness because you know Stacey talked about rock bottom then and um we know I'm a big fan of rock bottom I tend to spend a lot of time there I've been there a couple of times and hung out for quite a while um and I'm, a, I'm an advocate for it it shouldn't be avoided like a lot of change and growth comes out of rock bottom but I think this rule 
also actually allows you to make changes before you get to rock bottom, which I think as a society is what we're not very good at. We're very good at doing the work when we feel like shit because we want to feel better. We're very bad at doing things consistently that we know work for us when we feel okay because we don't want to put the work in because life's good. So we then don't realize that us not doing that then leads us to a rock bottom and we feel like shit again and we can repeat the cycle. That consistency is, is you know, feels impossible. Whereas, you know, rock, you know, a lot of people then that are coaches or in, you know, jobs like we do will go, I hit rock bottom and I said enough is enough. And, you know, they say like people only change when the pain of staying the same is worse than, you know, the idea of changing or the pain that they're going to have to go through to changing. So we like rock bottom as humans because it forces us to do something. This rule, I think, allows you to make changes without having to get to that point because you're actively taking a role in your life. You're not just letting life pass you by. And a lot of the time I think we do that is, like I said, it's about that mediocrity. It's about settling. And in five, you know, you go for a job. You're not sure you really want it. You go for it. In 10 years, you think, fuck, I'm still doing this. How have we ended up here? And you think, it allows you to drift because you don't know where you're going because you're not making a solid decision. You're not deciding is deciding. So I think it allows you to not have to have, you know, we all have rock bottoms and you, you'll no doubt everyone listening will have had one or will have one. It's, it's life. But I think using this allows you to make decisions in situations that are actually salvageable before they get to rock bottom. A lot of this isn't just about saying, you know, if you don't like your relationship, end it. Saying fuck yes in a relationship you're not happy in might be having a conversation with your partner and being bold enough to say, this isn't working for me, this is how I feel, for them to turn around and go, oh my God, I didn't know you felt like this, what can I do to make it better? And it could be the turning point that that relationship changes and 20 years later, you're still together and it's happy. It's not about throwing things away and, and like you, like Nim said, about just blowing your whole, whole life up. It's about actually intervening and taking that active and proactive stance in your life so that you don't reach that rock bottom and you can have change before you get there. So it doesn't have to be this kind of, you know, getting rid of this, stopping this, leaving that. It's not about that. Sometimes it might be right, this isn't working for me. How can I make this work? Because do I want this enough? Actually, yeah, I think I do. You know, it's it's about having that active approach in your life. And I think it is really important in allowing you to make that change without necessarily reaching rock bottom, which I think is something we're just not very good at doing. Mm -hmm. Very true. And actually you make a really valid point I want to go back to is we do things um, when things are tough, like strong self-care routine and whatever that looks like. But the things that work for us, we stop doing. And it's always curious. I'm always curious why people do that. It's like, you know, if journaling or meditation was working for you, why, when things are going well, do we stop doing it? And so maybe that's a good question for our listeners. What have we done in the past that has really worked for you that you've stopped doing? And what could you start today that's going to help? Um, Stacey, I want to come to you and ask you about your fairy tale. Mm-hmm. What do you want to ask? <laughs> well, I mean, I guess, you know, how did that feel for you? I mean, you know, I know you talked a little bit earlier, but your fairy tale ending, how was it for you and how did you get through it? What would you advise our listeners? Well, I would say I'm still getting through it. I mean, I, 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 even as we're having this conversation, what I'm thinking the whole time is I'm still in it. You know, I'm, I am still in it. Um, I, I had a really hard time 
walking away from the fairy tale in the sense of I knew what we were and I knew that we weren't that anymore. But for me, like that whole experience with my son and being in the hospital and like just some of the experiences that happened there, I, I couldn't deny that something in me had changed. Like put put aside him, like something in me had changed. And the way that I usually describe it to people is is the only way I know how to describe it. When my son crashed his car into a tree, it was as if he put the whole family in the car with him. And we all came out with different injuries and we all came out with a different timeline for healing. And making the decision to leave it was the easy part. Answering the question, is it a fuck yeah or hell no? That was the easy part because I knew it was, this was not, it was a hell no. I knew it. What's been challenging is the ripple effect because every decision that we make or we are a part of has a ripple effect and it's had a ripple effect on my kids it's had a ripple effect on my finances. It's had a ripple effect on where on my my living like situation. It's had a ripple effect on all areas of my life. So for me, answering the question, is it a fuck yeah or hell no, in my humblest opinion, is the easy part. Because we know right away what the answer is. The question is, what are we going to do about it? Right? Like, if any of us asked that asked ourselves that question, we instinctively have an answer. We might we might not want to admit it, but we have an answer, right? What's what I have found challenging is then the ripple effect of that decision, like saying, okay, this doesn't align with me, this isn't working. I've now chosen to move forward and all the areas that it impacts. With that being said, I agree, we're creatures of habit. And we get ourselves into a rhythm or a routine of something that's familiar. And that's what we do. Like I, I, this, this analogy just came to me this morning. I, I, I'm living in the condo, my new condo. I've been here less than a week and I'm sleeping great, but I wake up in the morning and I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> I don't have that. Get out of bed, go take your medicine go get your coffee. Like this routine that was predictable and familiar where I was living before, I don't have right now. So I wake up and I'm like, <laughs> where am I? What what do I do? And, and it's because I'm out of that routine that I have been in where I had to do things in a predictable way. And that's what I did. And so now I'm forming a new routine in this season, right? Where I'm in a new space and I'm establishing this new life and I'm figuring it out. And so it's, it's interesting because the thing that I keep thinking is the question for me is an easy one, like to get the answer, but then the acting on it is, it can be scary in the sense of like, all right, I've said, this is a hell no. I've got to leave my marriage. I know that. And then there's like this, okay, now here are all of the steps that I have to take. And so that for me has been daunting because I am a creature of habit. I thrive from routine. I thrive from structure. And all of that has been torn down and is being rebuilt. And I think that a lot of times people know the answer to the question, but they're afraid to act on it because we're creatures of habit, like we were saying. And so 
I, I think for me, this season has been so challenging in acting on the, the answer and saying, okay, I'm not going to just do what's predictable because I deserve more and I love myself enough to try to create the life that I want. And so I, I struggle right now because like I said, I'm still in the thick of it. You know, I'm still trying to like navigate a new routine and a new career. And, um, you know, I have kids living in a different state now and there's just all this adjusting that I can see why people stay sedentary or stagnant in that predictable space, because there's so much unknown when you make the choice to be true to what's in here. Does that make a lot of sense? It makes total sense. I agree with you. The decision is the easy part. Mm-hmm. The acting is the hard part. I think what I will say though is I think perspective is a lot to do with it. You said I've made the decision, so I've got to leave my marriage. Whereas I would say I get to leave my marriage those slight changes in the way of looking at it changes how you feel about it and I think you're totally right in that we are creatures of habit we like things that are comfortable but part of this has to be about on a deeper level we change our relationship with discomfort and we change what we're fearful of and we actually start to question why am I fearful of change why am I is it that oh my god I've got I've got to move house and start again or I get to move house and start again because those two things are the same thing, but they're very, very different in how you feel about them and what you believe about them. And I think it's a reflection on a more wider scale of we're, we're living out of fear most of the time. And I think a lot of that, you know, there are so many people that are in those situations where they are settling and they might know deep down, I deserve more than this. And it might be purely the fear that keeps them there, the fear of, I've got to leave this or how will I financially make this work or, you know, but I'll have to change this. I'll have to do that. And X, Y, and Z. And again, it comes back to this expectation. It's not what I imagined. So therefore it must be wrong or it must be scary or it must be hard, but what if it's better? What if it's great? You know, like this, the saying with the, if you don't get something that you want, well, it's this or something better. That, mm-hmm. that kind of, I think a lot of this, And actually, I think a lot of how we cope with many things and the difficulties we go to go through is a starting to realize that it's okay to not know what's going to happen and how it's going to go. And I say this as somebody that has had an, you know, I had an anxious breakdown at 24 and anxiety is based around the fear of the unknown and not, you know, not knowing what's going to happen and changing my relationship with that was a massive one. Because we have to get comfortable not knowing. We don't know what's going to happen. And I think it's that getting clear on that and building that relationship with that. And also just working out, you know, do I want to live a a life that's run by fear? And am I actually being fearful of the right things? Mm -hmm. Who told me I was of this is it because my parents have done this you know I wanted to get married at 20 because my parents got married at 20 I never questioned that I just thought well that's how you do that I got married at 21 and I used to joke that I was late getting married like Mm. it makes no sense but there's so much of what we believe that just isn't true and all it takes is that question and this all comes back to questions and curiosity and you know 
being bold enough to ask yourself that question is it a fuck yes or is it a no and then being bold enough to take that action and I think a lot of that action has to be built on generally changing your relationship with the fear of the unknown and and working out why am I actually fearful of this and just changing your perspective and I know that again it sounds simple but it's not easy but Mm -hmm. the only thing that's ever going to you know, really impact your life in the most profound way is the way that you live inside your head. Mm-hmm. Because the same thing, mm-hmm. you know, anything can happen, but two people can view it totally different. It's the same as when someone questions your worth. You know, I if I don't like art, I could look at a Picasso and think I wouldn't pay five pounds for it. Someone who values art would potentially pay millions for it. It's exactly the same thing. It's the yeah. belief and it's the value based on. And it, it's the same with all of your beliefs. It's the same with your life. It's the same with the expectations that you've had. None of it is really going to change or, you know, it's not. And this is, again, we try and change the external all the time without realizing that it's our perspective on things that make all the difference. And it's the way we live inside our heads that have the biggest influence. Mm-hmm. And realize how much power we have over that and again I don't say this in a dismissive way I say this as somebody that when I was in the depths of my anxiety I used to visualize headlines about me having been misdiagnosed with cancer and dying I used to you know buy clothes for my son a year in advance in case I died like I was intensely believing that this was going to happen Mm-hmm. it was not, not more likely then than it is now that I was going to die but I don't feel that way anymore because I choose to believe something different so and it is it, it's not that easy but it is that simple I think yeah mm-hmm. it's really I mean again I think you said two things that are lots of things but two things I want to go back on one you are a product of your program understanding your programming and why you do things and I think we've got a podcast on it but understanding your programming and asking yourself that question, well, hold on, am I doing something because I'm programmed that way? My parents were that way. My upbringing was about that way. Or am I choosing? And the second thing is we all have a choice. So whatever environment, and this is difficult, right? Whatever, whatever your circumstances are right now, it was a choice and it is a choice. So if you look at your relationship and as an example, and you know it's not a fuck yes, but you still choose to stay in it because it's too difficult to change. That is a choice. And if you choose that, there's no right or wrong. We're not here to tell you what's right. It's, it's, your, it's up to you. But if you choose to stay in that relationship, then you have to be okay with living with the consequences of that choice. Mm-hmm. And because you chose to stay. And again, no judgment, right? If you choose to stay, that is your choice because you don't want to deal with the consequences of making such a tough, tough choice and the the insecurity around it and but the biggest thing is realizing you do have a choice mm-hmm. and then from there deciding what you're going to do and um interesting it's the, the synchronicities of when we record these podcasts and stuff is really interesting because i just want to mention the person that really for me magnifies this concept the most was my mentor Sidra jeffrey um she was if something she would just cut it off. It wasn't if it wasn't a fuck yes, it was a hell no. And today, as we, as a, the day I post the podcast on the twentieth is the anniversary of her leaving this realm. And I just want to call out, she made a big difference to me. She's the one that really taught me about this. She's the one that 
led by this example. I mean, she passed away only 30 years, 30 years old in a fire. If she was going to go from this realm, she was always going to go in a fire. That's just the Sidra, right? She's she would live like that. And she's now one of my guys. She's she's the one that connected with me, the Kashi record. She's the one that brought Stacey to my life, right? So, but she embodied this concept. So I want to recognize her in this episode to as someone that really kind of helped me understand that I am important, I am a healer, and I'm meant to do what I'm meant to do in this realm. So I want to acknowledge her. Um, Stacey's met her as a guide. She's she's had an impact on our life for sure. So um, and I just wanted to do I just I was thinking about the dates. I was like, wow, isn't that she would love this episode. So um she would she embodied this concept at a whole unique level and i'm sure there are some people listening that are nodding their heads and thinking yes for sure so um but listen i've loved this conversation you guys are awesome you for me i really embodied this concept and made some difficult decisions based on this concept but you both knew that you had to do it sorry you both chose to do it to be the best version of yourself and to be the healers and to be the lights that you're shining so I want to publicly congratulate you for really embodying this concept and living on a day-to-day -day basis. Rosie, I can feel your energy. I know we don't connect that often, but I can feel your energy, how much has changed. I see you on social media shining your light. Just so, so beautiful. Stacey, I see you making this decision on a daily basis and, you know, you've kind of fully changed your life. And I, I get you when you say that you're still living it, but it's like you've chosen to be a dedicated healer you've chosen to kind of take the risk leave a very successful hairdressing business to be the person that you want to shine your life for you now in your own energy your own space again there was a risk to all of it but you embodied this concept so as we close this out i do want to ask you both for some questions that we're going to leave with our listeners but i also want to before we go there just what what, what are you what's in your heart that you want to share Stacey, I'm going to start with you, that you want to share with our listeners about this concept um, and really kind of embodying it on a day-to-day -day basis. So I would say post the question somewhere in your house that you can see it, you know, ask yourself this on a regular basis. And maybe you start with little things like what you want to eat today. You know, is it a fuck? Yeah. Then it's a hell no. Figure out um, what your daily routine is going to be and the aspects of that, whether it's working out, whether it's journaling, whether it's getting out in nature, whatever that is, ask yourself the question, is it a fuck yeah or is it a hell no? Um, so I would say start practicing with that. And then as far as questions for the listener, um, I would encourage our listeners to grab your journal and ask yourself, maybe do an inventory of the different areas of your life, your career, your family, your home, and go through those different areas of your life and ask yourself the question, is this a fuck yeah or is it a hell no? And see what answers come out of that. If it's a hell no, what action can you take today to cultivating the life that you want in that particular area. That's where I would start. What about you, Rosie? I mean, I would echo everything you've said. I think that's great advice. Um, and the only addition I would make to that is if you feel like you're busy asking yourself the question, what is the risk of changing? 
I think people should sit down and ask themselves the question, what's the risk to me if things stay exactly the same? Because as Nim said, you know, this is about living. So are you existing or are you fucking living? Mm-hmm. And I think that is something people need to maybe really think about. What's the risk if I don't make these changes? What's the risk if I continue to stay in this state of trying to keep it constant, to try and keep in this middle ground? Like what's the risk there? And, and try and flip that again, as we we're talking about perspective, flip it. You know, what's the risk if I don't make these changes? Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Really, really well said. And so Rosie, as we close this episode, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about if people want to work with you, what does that look like? How can they reach out to you? I will add, I will add your social media contacts in the in the show notes. What do you offer? What what um, how could people reach out to you and work with you? Um, yeah, perfect. So I offer um, mainly one to one coaching. Um, so that looks like a couple of different programs that I have, which are in depth programs where people can really look at self worth, confidence, body acceptance feminine energy you know um bad bitch energy is something i talk about a lot and becoming the best version of themselves for themselves as well as it's a very um practical approach to coaching there's a lot of guidance in terms of how to as stacy was saying talk about like take action and make steps to move you forward so this is very much a deep healing side of all of this but i'm a big believer that um i'm going to give you shit to do and you've got to do it so that you actually see these changes um, I I definitely identify as a no bullshit, you know, kind of coach. So if you want somebody that is going to say it's all okay and nothing has to change, I think you can clarify after this episode that that is not (laughs) me. I will lovingly push you out of your comfort zone. Um, So I have that and I have some other packages, which I call my cheerleader programs, which are much more for accountability and support and having somebody to kind of sound things out to and have that kind of... um, bad bitch friend to guide you through stuff um so I also I do um workshops and group coaching and if you run a business or an organization and you want me to come and do a talk that's something that I do as well so I offer a a range of things and obviously the book is coming out soon um as well as online programs that I have as well as plenty and plenty of free resources um on Instagram is where I tend to hang out as you know I like my reels and um being silly prancing around on instagram is something i enjoy um this is a lot of free resources you can find there too beautiful and i would highly recommend you follow rosie on instagram she has amazing amazing content stacy i'm gonna ask you about to talk about what we do (laughs) well we have a beautiful mentorship program that we have um been using globally for people for the last little over a year um making a huge impact uh digging deep into all four bodies, mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual, um, helping clients to awaken to their soul's purpose, to align their daily actions with the goals that they have for themselves. Uh, We launched our first group program this next week, which is really exciting. We have people from around the world who will be in that We offer one-to-one coaching as well, both individually, Namesh and I, and jointly. Um, We also offer Akashic record readings that are a beautiful experience to experience the divine masculine and divine feminine in a reading is is a very unique approach. And we we offer that as well as training in Akashic records. If it's something that you would 
like to participate in. Both Namesh and I have websites that you can go to. We offer free discovery calls for potential mentorship clients. So you can book a free discovery call at either one of our websites. And as always, we're cranking out episodes of this podcast every single week in an effort to engage in more conscious conversations and give you a free resource to tap into. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank, thanks to both of you. I really love this episode. I love your energy and really kind of the openness of the discussion. It's just, uh, it was beautiful. So thank you. Thank you to all the listeners. You know, we are so grateful for all the messages we receive and just all the people's lives that we touch. So thank you, thank you, thank you. You truly have touched our soul and I, we thank you for listening. Bye for now and we shall speak to you all very, very soon. Thank you both and thank you to all our listeners. Sending you lots of love and light.